This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Matthew, the show where we spill something on Matthew and then put him in the washing machine. And you, well, none of us can have any then. Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, whoever whoever gets <laughs> extracts me from the washing machine gets a freebie. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. So this is actually Spilled Milk, in case you wondered. Yeah, you probably thought you tuned into a completely different show. Yeah. Spilled Milk. Uh, this, is, this is Spilled Milk, and we usually cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about cooking smells. So we're going to smell something. This Okay, this is really actually germane. It's apropos because this happened to me yesterday that I smelled something delicious and couldn't have any. Really? Yeah, because teeth are terrible. I hate my teeth. <laughs> I Maybe I hate all teeth. Oh, I was I was wondering how things are going with your teeth. Tell me all about your teeth. I know everybody's wondering. So let's do let's let's make this a segment. Tooth nooth. <laughs> With Matthew. <laughs> um, okay, go on. So I, I have to get a crown, and uh, I've never gotten a crown before, but apparently, like, the thing about teeth is, and I realize I'm not the first to uh, to recognize this, is that they wear out long before the rest of you does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. anyway, so so I'm at the part where I went in, and, like, for two hours, the dentist, like, ground half of my tooth off and then put on a temporary crown so okay. I could like eat without like getting stuff like it hurting and getting stuff stuck in there. And the temporary mm-hmm. crown fell off almost immediately. And so oh, yesterday gosh. I was pretty much subsisting on smoothies and pudding at, while the rest of the family had pizza for dinner. Are you a grinder or a clencher? Uh, both. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're a clench. You're a, a, a clinder. A clinder. Yeah, a grincher. <laughs> A Grincher. <laughs> the Grincher okay. sounds sounds like a uh, like a, a creature from like English fairy tales, right? Or a and rolled the, doll the, or the something. The Kleinder sounds like some sort of I don't know, like German dance. Ah, yes. Can you do the Kleinder? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. So, Matthew, what did you smell yesterday that you couldn't have any? Oh, pizza. Like uh, the rest of the family reheated some pizza that I had made on Sunday or Saturday and uh, it smelled so good and I couldn't have any because it was too crunchy. I'm so sorry. Last night I made uh, kimchi fried rice using the recipe from like the show years. I mean, like a decade ago, maybe. Episode one. 
Oh my God. Anyway, it was especially good because I didn't have quite enough rice. Like I didn't, I didn't measure the rice, but I could tell it wasn't quite enough. Sure. I didn't have enough rice. And so there was like extra bacon, extra, you know, like oh, yeah. I used the same amount of everything else you almost that I would have. You use too much kimchi to rice because like if you just sauteed some kimchi yeah. with bacon, how would that be bad? Right. So you probably couldn't have that either. No, but right after the show, I'm going back to the dentist so they can put on a new temporary crown, which I'm sure is also going to fall off immediately. When's your coronation? My coronation. Your real coronation. Uh, my tooth ascends to the throne on January 26th. <laughs> God, that's a long way They have to like send out, they made a mold of my tooth. This is so interesting. They made a mold of my tooth and they they have to send it out to the lab to be like cast in like composite material and then they're going to glue it onto the stump of my tooth. I'm kind of surprised. Wow, this is tooth noof. This is tooth noof. Tooth noof. Tooth Tooth nooth. It's like, it's like the pone nooth, only it's the tooth nooth. <laughs> anyway, this is turning out to be a long segment, but what, what I'm going to say now <laughs> yeah. is even more interesting, which is that I'm really surprised they don't have like an in-house like 3D printer. I'm that so does glad this. you mentioned that. Some dentists do. It like depends on like they have to be trained on it and they have to like put up the money for it. So so like yeah. more and more yeah. dentist office, I think, are getting crown printers where I don't know what they're actually called in their office, but my dentist doesn't have one yet. My kid goes to like sort of our neighborhood orthodontist and it's like uh, a fairly new practice maybe like you know it's five to eight years old and it's very shiny and Mm -hmm. like 21st century when she she has a retainer and her top retainer cracked and so we went in they do like a 3d scan of her Mm -hmm. mouth using this like wand and then they printed her a new one nice crazy i i mean i was excited the first time they printed me a debit card at the credit union on the spot i was too i was thrilled yeah oh wait a minute actually they didn't i don't know no they didn't print her a new one they printed a new yeah a whole new important we get it right they printed her a whole new mouth no they printed her um they printed a new like impression of her mouth, which then the retainer is made on. Okay. This is so important. This let's is get important. on with the show. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So uh yeah, so today's episode was suggested by me, but I don't remember why. <laughs> okay. Except except that um this is something that, uh, and I imagine a lot of our listeners Who and a lot of human forgotten beings what in, we said the episode was about. It's I don't, about teeth or something. It's a cooking, cooking smells. smells. There we go. So I am someone who does not have like an exhaust fan in her kitchen. I have one that's that's like a placebo exhaust fan. It makes a noise but doesn't actually exhaust anything. Yeah, yeah. I have no exhaust fan. I there is like a fan in the ceiling, but. It just, it makes it sound like an airplane taking off, oh, yeah. but I've never actually noticed that it pulls anything toward it. Have, have you but ever turned in... on or like, have I ever turned on to entertain you the bathroom fan in our apartment? It's the uh... loudest device. It, I think if you look up in the Guinness Book of World Records, like what is the loudest device in the world? It says, go to Matthew's bathroom, <laughs> which is why people keep showing up with a Guinness Book under one arm. It used to be, so when our dog, Alice, was younger, she was crate trained, Mm -hmm. and we used to keep her in the crate when we were out of the house or overnight, and the crate sat in, like, kind of the edge of the kitchen, and when we would turn on the fan in the ceiling, she would go get in her crate. She found it so terrifying. Oh, yeah, I can understand that. (laughs) Anyway, but all this to say, the, the fan is also, like, 
in the middle of the kitchen. So any smell that it would suck up, if it did suck. Um, <laughs> yeah, which wood would a woodchuck suck? <clears throat> yes. Has to get like pulled in, like across the room before it actually goes anywhere. Yeah, I get it. You know? Anyway, so all this to say cooking smells are something that I think about a lot because I have actively stopped cooking certain things because they made my house smell for days afterward. Okay, and I yeah, we should get into what those things anymore. are. So anyway, listeners, I would love, like, you know, uh, this episode is one that I'm particularly curious to hear your thoughts on. Like, I, I wonder how many of our listeners also don't have functional exhaust fans i That's, imagine you just a want lot. an email saying like i i do or don't have a functional I, exhaust fan yes okay everybody yep yep could we like I'm set gonna, up a I'm survey gonna... like a survey monkey uh or like a google form let's let's ask yeah let's have um producer abby could you please set up a google form or survey <laughs> monkey or something the only question is do you have a working exhaust fan in your kitchen and uh, we'll report on a later episode the, great okay probably perfect. much later because um, because we're still several weeks ahead so wait, how how are we going to get the URL for the Google form? It'll out be to in the... the in the show description in your podcast player. Perfect. Okay. Anyway, so this episode suggested by me, host Molly. It's cooking smells. So Matthew, what is a cooking smell? Let's break it down. Okay, I had a, yeah, I had a question about this since you're since you chose the episode, like you can you can set the definition. Is it like an aroma that is released when cooking or could it just be the smell of an ingredient? I think it's both. Okay, I thought you were going to say just in a released aroma. So this is tricky because one of the things I want to talk about today is roasted broccoli. Oh, sure. And I I really like the smell of broccoli when it's roasted. And I also, like when it's roasting, and I also like really enjoy having leftover roasted broccoli Mm -hmm. around to eat like colds the next day. But when you take off the lid of your leftover broccoli container, it truly smells like... Like the dump. Yeah, you're right. Okay, we should so include that. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like we need to kind of include all, all these foods that, like, all these smells that are released by food. Okay, as it's. But cooking. we're not talking about the but smells not- that are not released. The ones, the ones that are kept bottled up inside. Well, like, I don't really, I don't think we need to talk about uh, the smell of a ripe peach or like the smell yeah, of durian. Like, you're right. I, I think we're talking about like kind something that is actually smells. Yeah. Um, but okay. you know, the, like raw broccoli, like I was going to say like raw broccoli doesn't smell like anything, but then I thought about it and it totally does. It, it has does. like, like a, like a it totally wet, does. like rain kind of smell. It does. Right? It's a very like wet green smell. Yeah. It's kind it's also, um, a kind of squeaky smell, but maybe it's just that it's kind of squeaky if you like rub. Yeah. I'll pretend I know what a squeaky smell is. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So, Matthew, let's let's start on memory lane. I, okay. I'm going to do one first. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think about cooking smells, like just across the board, is I think about the period of time when my mother would be making Christmas cookies with Barbara Fretwell, which I've discussed so many times on the show. But the smell in particular of like cookies that had like nuts in them, ground sure. nuts. That smell, I just remember coming into that house like after school, my mom would go pick me up and bring me back to the Fretwells where she would have been baking for hours with Barbara. And especially if they were making Linzer cookies, which have ground almonds in the dough, the smell, there was nothing more comforting, I think, than that smell. I get it. Okay, so for yeah. me, I'm glad we I'm glad we said it could be incidental smells cuz like definitely one smell that like brings me back to my childhood 
even today is the smell of kimchi, especially like the jarred kimchi that you would get at a Western grocery store uh, because Mm -hmm. my dad would eat that and I was terrified of it. We've talked about this on the show before, but I certainly remember the smell. And uh, and I love kimchi now, but but like still that smell like makes me think of my dad. I love that your dad, this like, you know, white guy in in Portland, Oregon, was eating kimchi you know, like yeah, I don't know how he first heard of it, 80s. but I think he would just like try anything spicy, anything pickled. Interesting. Also. My dad would try anything pickled, but not necessarily anything spicy. And I think it was more in the in line with like Eastern European pickled. Oh yeah, things, you my, know? my dad was more than into that also more than like Asian pickled yeah. things. Another thing that I always think about is the smell of my dad cooking hamburgers on the grill. You know how, like, food often tastes different when somebody else makes it for you? Yeah. Okay, well, when I cook a hamburger, it it just, it doesn't do the same thing for me, like, in the olfactory sense, that my dad's hamburgers used to do. Yeah, no, I... Like, a hamburger smells like a hamburger smells like a hamburger, but still, somehow, like, hamburgers on the grill cooked by my dad. It was a particular cooking You know, I put steak cooked by my dad on my list, and I'm realizing now as you say that, that the big difference is that when when my dad would cook steak or burgers, it would be on a gas grill, and really the smell that I'm remembering is the mixture of like the cooking meat smell and the propane gas smell from the gas grill. Yes! Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that, because my dad used a gas grill, too. I don't remember him ever using charcoal. So maybe if I really fact, want to, like, live in that nostalgia, I should, like, release some amount of propane into the kitchen while cooking. Yes! Such a good yep. idea, Matthew. The other thing I think about when I think about cooking smells is my mother's aversion to cooking smells. Oh, okay. Like, uh, And this is something I feel like, even now, when my mom comes over, and my mom just randomly appears at my house sometimes not (laughs) as much as she could not as much as she could but inevitably like she has like radar for when we've decided to get high for instance and she will always show up like just when it hits and you're like hey (laughs) anyway and like i really love my mom and like (laughs) you know it's cool but i don't really like my mom being around when i'm like in the giggly phase You know, anyway, but um, all this to say, whenever my mom comes over, I always instinctively, it's like ingrained in me to hope that my house doesn't smell like old cooking smells. Oh, yeah. Because I remember as a kid, my mom complaining about that. But like without an exhaust Um, fan, how can you help it? I can't help it. And, you know, the thing is, is that. You know, my mom now often comes into my house and comments on a good cooking okay. smell that she smells. So I think Tony Negroni has been changing. You know what you like should do? You should put up like uh, one of those boards that like you see at a construction site, like a like a electronic sign that says like, you know, like road work next five miles. <laughs> but instead, like yeah. you just put on like what's been cooking recently. And so like what sort yes. of like melange of aromas you're going to encounter when you enter the house. Exactly. Yeah, because my house also is like very uh, like like late fifties like open floor plan, so you can imagine yeah. that whatever cooking smells were in the it's kitchen are soon everywhere. I mean, sometimes actually Ash will go close our bedroom door just to try to keep the smell. Yes, I out. will sometimes do that too, <laughs> and then later I find that it didn't help at all. It just kind of trapped no. the smell in there. So then later, yes. like when the smell is already dissipated in the kitchen dining room area, I'll open the bedroom and I'll be like, "Oh, mackerel." That is what I always say when I walk into my bedroom. Oh, mackerel. 
Oh, mackerel. Um, okay. The other thing that I put on my list is chili. That um, I mentioned that was one of the first things I learned to cook. And so, like, I definitely remember the the aroma of, like, the chili that my mom and I would make together that would simmer for, like, three hours. Mm, oh, I love that. Oh, man, that's great. So, Matthew, I understand that Mr. Etymology is going to be making an appearance today. That's right. Do you want to uh, bring him on? Yes, Mr. Mr. Etymology, come on in. Hi, I'm Mr. Etymology, and uh, our segment today is going to be the many words for a smell. So I, I made a list of different words uh, that uh, mean, like, a smell, and uh, I want to okay. just talk about, like, trying to find each one or, like, what, what does it represent for us, just, like, off the cuff. So first okay. off, aroma. Aroma has a positive yeah. cast to it. Aroma is, yeah, aroma is always positive and... It to me is evocative of like um, a, a, a like kind of a light and wafting kind of yeah. I think of smell. it as like a warm smell. Like mm, I, I yeah. I, I like it's hard for me to imagine like talking about an aroma for like like a smell of something that's kind of cold, even if it's a good smell. Yes. Like peppermint. Like I don't think of like a peppermint aroma. Although now that I say it, maybe I do. If it's like peppermint tea, you know, I also think of aroma as having to do with food. Yeah, although you can have aroma therapy. Oh, that's true. Okay. All right. Okay. Next. Scent. Scent. Oh, my God. So this one always trips me up. I often give, like, writing prompts Mm -hmm. that, like, start from a smell. And I find it really challenging to find the right word to use. I feel like scent is a a fairly neutral Mm -hmm. to positive word. But it sounds like so many other words. If you don't see it written down, I feel like scent makes no sense. I I think of the movie Scent of a Woman, a movie I have not seen. I haven't seen it either. Um, I feel like... What about scent for you? It feels very specific to me. Like you would use it to describe... You're going to talk about like the specific thing that's making the scent, like whereas you could have just like a nice warm, you know, holiday aroma as you enter the house. But like a scent, I think you're talking about like, what does this particular ingredient contribute? Oh, God, that's really interesting. And yet people talk about, uh, don't people talk about like... Scent of a woman? Yes. No, like uh, like scents. Like, are you wearing a scent? Yeah, that's true. I guess it can also mean like a specific perfume. But there's still that specific aspect to it. That's so interesting. I never thought about that. I don't that. know. I'm, I'm, I'm probably wrong. Huh. Okay. All right. Go on. Uh, odor. Odor. Definitely negative. Mm-hmm. I feel like negative. odor is the opposite of aroma. I think you're right. It does feel um, like, like we've identified a, a polarity here. We have identified a polarity. Because <laughs> like odor doesn't have to be super specific, but it's definitely bad. It's always bad. Can you think of an odor that is hmm. like a, a use of odor that's not bad? It's funny that the word malodorous exists because it seems like like mal is bad. And it seems like that implies that there could be like a bonodorous or something. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. see if we can make bonodorous happen. <laughs> you know, the guy right. from YouTube. <laughs> okay. What about fragrance? That feels very perfumey to me. Like not, I mean, not necessarily, it's, but like, you know, things are described as fragrance free. So like fragrance sounds like something that's like added to produce a particular 
scent. I also feel a little bit like I like a fragrance has a certain amount of like strength to yeah. it. Like it might be stronger than an aroma or a scent. Yeah, but like I don't know. This, it's weird that we have the and there were like a more that I that I left out, but but there's still more. Okay, bouquet. Wait, but hold oh, yeah, on. Fragrance. I think fragrance fragrance is usually positive, but I think it can also be negative. Like I yeah, think it can I think flip. so too. But it feels it feels like flowery to me. It does. Like it does. I don't I don't imagine like like your like your burger having a fragrance. Do you think it's from like romance language? I think so. Because I get that vibe from it. Like same as the next word, which is bouquet, uh-huh. which to me like they both feel there's a certain like um, flowery nature involved in both of these words for me. Yeah. Uh, you would never say the bouquet of a hamburger. No. But, um, <clears throat> but now that you've said that, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little bit of grass, a little bit of hoof. A little, yeah, a bit of hoof. A bouquet of hoof. <laughs> anyway. I think a bouquet is like specifically wine. Like that that if you're talking about it with something else, you're doing it like sort of as by analogy to this to the yes. say fragrance. Oh no, that all the words just smoosh together in my brain. <laughs> Yeah. If you are using bouquet, you are like imitating the conventions of wine descriptions, yeah. right? Is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, okay, great. Remember like the, it used to be like people would make fun of wine descriptions all the time and like I never hear that anymore. Well, I also never hear wine descriptions yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe like maybe... people kind of forgot about wine. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what about, our, so our last word is whiff. So... I think this could be, I think it's like trends negative, but could be positive, but it's like a sort of a surprise smell. <laughs> surprise smell. It's like, uh, it's like the, the scent analogy. It's like analogous to your mom's surprise cheese sandwich, it's, but it's exactly, a smell. Right. So it's, you never know what's going to whiff through the, the cheese hole. You never know what's going to whiff through the cheese hole. Oh no. <laughs> I meant the bread, the bread hole. Yeah. Right. That makes it better. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, anyway. I think a whiff, okay, like you're yeah, walking, whiff. it sounds kind of English. You're like walking down the high street and you like catch a whiff of, of like, uh, you know, a Donner kebab. Yeah. I feel like it's something that doesn't, it's fleeting. A whiff is fleeting. Yeah. It doesn't, a whiff is fleeting. <laughs> wow. That could be like the, the deepest, most philosophical <laughs> thing we've ever said on the show. Oh, God. Remember when we had like a tote bag or a T-shirt that had all of our spilled milkisms on it? Still do. I think a whiff is, fle- a whiff is fleeting. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we can swap that out for, for this year's pledge drive. Okay. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. really interesting thank you for bringing on this well it wasn't really mr etymology no, but it was, it, it, I, I'm, it call, was I'm thinking of the second as mr etymology presents because i think mr etymology oh. has to show up kind of unexpectedly like a whiff okay <laughs> okay <laughs>
Let's talk about like the absence of smell, which is, you know, uh, something I think all of us have thought about more than ever before in the last couple of years. So I have not experienced this myself, but many people I know have losing losing your sense of smell and by extension, most of your sense of taste because of an infection or other reasons. I think the thing that we've all learned about is that it's like way more debilitating than you could imagine if you haven't experienced it. I imagine you've probably experienced like a, a whiff of it oh, uh, sure. when like you I've, had a cold right, right. or something, right? When all of a sudden everything tastes like a texture instead of a flavor, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's not that you, like you lose your sense of taste completely. It's just like it doesn't work right. Like it's it's lost yes. its faculties. You know, um, there is a writer uh, named Molly Birnbaum who... I I believe she I believe she works full time for America's Test mm-hmm. Kitchen now. But years ago, maybe a decade ago, she wrote a book about a traumatic injury she sustained and 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 she lost her sense of smell for a long time. And it slowly came back and she like interviewed Oliver Sacks uh-huh. and sure. stuff. It was a really it was a really wonderful memoir that included a lot of a lot of science. Um, Do you remember the you name know, of the, the book? I can look, of... look it up if you don't. Let's look it up. Season to Taste, How I Lost My Sense of Season Smell and Found taste. My Way. Yes. Anyway, if you're interested in reading about the experience of of losing one's sense of smell, learning more about what that's like, and maybe some strategies that helped her get it back, it's a a good book. Okay, so Matthew, let's let's go into actual cooking smells in our own. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, So let's start with the positive. Let's go like favorite cooking smells first. For me, so no question, my number one. Onions sauteing in a pan. I love that smell too. And, you know, interestingly enough, it's one that I felt kind of like self-conscious about for a while when my mom came over. Oh, sure. Because I remember that being like the number one smell that she would complain about. Sorry, I just shut a a closet drawer with my foot. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, I remember her complaining about that maybe in like my grad school apartment sure. or something that like but it smells so good how could anybody complain about yeah, that i don't know okay give me one of yours okay so mine is mine is kind of like uh diagonally related to yours so i love the smell of leeks cooking in oh butter. yeah specifically leeks specifically butter. yes oh my god absolutely so good okay okay for me bacon i know i know it's cliche oh, yeah. but it's cliche for a reason yep yep okay i'm gonna go yeast doughs Especially after like a night in the fridge. Interesting. So not the dough, not the loaf while it's baking. No, the raw dough. That's that's good. The raw dough after like a night's rest in the fridge. And it's almost, it's almost a smell. uh, It almost does something unpleasant to your nostrils, uh, almost like wasabi. Like it, it, it fizzes up your nostrils, but it's also so wonderful. I love it. Yeah, because like you're releasing like a bunch of of, uh, carbon dioxide along with the other oh, stuff. Oh, so it literally is fizzing yeah. up my nostrils. Okay, roasting green chilies. Whether whether it's like, you know, there's one, yes. I think, Tonemaker Orchards at uh, the Seattle Farmer's Markets, they have like a big like gas-fired chili roaster that you can smell yes. from like a mile away when they bring it to the farmer's market. But also if I'm just like broiling some poblanos in my own home, like that is such a good smell. You know, Matthew, if we ever go on a corporate retreat again... We should consider going to New Mexico. We should, yeah. Like hatch chili season. Yes. We could just smell green chilies up and down. We could catch multiple whiffs, endless whiffs. So many whiffs, so much fragrance. But as you know, a whiff is fleeting. Okay, 
sesame oil. I really love the smell of sesame oil. I don't love, like, uh, other sesame products don't do it for me the same way. Like, tahini, it's nice. Uh, Toasted sesame seeds, nice. Sesame oil, Yes. I agree. I like all sesame things. I do agree. I think sesame oil is the best. But like a like a sesame bagel, I love that smell too. Oh, that's right. I I think I struggle to to d- differentiate like the 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 yeasty smell of the bagel from the the sesame. Well, we should have a like right. a side-by-side blind bagel smelling. Oh, we should. Oh, this sounds like fun. Okay. For me, dashi and like anything made with dashi oh. like that to me like you know, as soon as I smell that, like, I feel like I've just walked into, like, a restaurant or shop in Japan. So, wait, hold on. Uh, I want to get a little yeah. bit more specific about this. So, you know, we did a whole dashi episode, and we one of the things we had was, like, you know, bags of instant mm-hmm. dashi, like tea bags of, of dashi. Does it matter to you whether it's, like, you know, instant granules, uh, tea bag dashi, or, like, fully from scratch dashi? No, I don't think it matters. Like, the, the overall, okay. like, smell profile is... is similar enough that they all affect me the same way. Okay. Okay. Matthew, I'm going to go with jasmine rice, which I see here that we both have on our list. There is something about, there's so much science that we are not covering in this episode, but I'm thinking in particular about the smell of toasting or cooking rice. It's not completely unlike like a popcorn smell. Do you yeah, know absolutely. what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what, you know, what's being released that smells like that, but it is so, oh my God, it's so, it is a savory smell, but there's a sweetness mm-hmm. to it. I think that's one of those um, smells that like, you toasty. want to have it perfume your whole house. And like, when you, if you like come home and like there's jasmine rice in the rice cooker, like it lifts your spirits. Wow, You Matthew. know what just occurred to me, like is like a very specific one that I really like and kind of just forget about in between getting a whiff of it is have you ever made toasted rice powder like for making a Thai salad especially yes yes Um, yes so uh you take some usually uh uh, Thai long grain sticky rice and you toast it in a dry skillet or wok until it's pretty well colored and like some smoke is coming off of it and it has like a real like you know toasted just just this side of burnt rice fragrance that's totally different from the from the aroma of like rice steaming and it's so appetizing you know i've never made the iranian or persian dish uh me neither and i keep it's been on my list forever to try it i think i'm afraid it's gonna go wrong i i'm very afraid it's gonna go wrong but god i can only imagine the combination of smells that come off of that when you invert it onto the serving dish And lift off the pan and you've got this like golden brown crust of rice mm. on top. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Okay. I, okay. I asked uh, a couple other people in my family uh, for their top cooking smells. and I have some reports. Do you want to hear my reports? Okay. Teenager of the show December, Totsdy said uh, reducing a super savory broth. And I'd put like braising a stew, but I, I like theirs better. Where does your child get this stuff? Um, like, wait a minute, reducing a super savory broth. What what are they what do you think they're referring you know, to? Like like they come up from school, like like throw throw together a demi gloss, like cook that down for like seventeen or twenty five hours. Not really. <laughs> I I for a second I believe. For what you, I, what they're talking about is like often I will make like a red wine beef stew, just like totally improvised and if the 
often like I'll find that like the amount of liquid that it takes to braise is like more dilute than I want in the finished product because I'm going to be serving it with some egg noodles or polenta or something. And so I will uh, strain the stew and just boil down the liquid until until it's more intense. And that makes quite the aroma. And so part of it is like a like a, a wine oh, yeah. cooking off smell, Absolutely. I imagine. Right. Which is such a good smell. Oh, it is, my yeah. God. Uh, okay. yeah, like when you pour white wine in, like you're making a risotto and you've got like the uh, onions cooking in butter and then you you uh, toast the rice a little bit and then you pour in white wine crazy good so good because you got the toasted rice you got the onions then you're adding the wine and like suddenly sending up all that wine aroma too yeah uh, wait, what did watzel say uh watzel said yakiimo as you so yakiimo is uh, uh roasted japanese sweet potato it is a very popular dish in japan in the fall and winter and you will find it like you know being sold on the street by like a street vendor and that smells really good but also if you go to many supermarkets they'll have like out in front of the store basically a glorified toaster oven full of roasting sweet potatoes that you can smell like three blocks away oh my gosh I love that. You know, something else I want to mention since we just talked about wine. Um, mm-hmm. So one of my favorite smells is the smell of bolognese when it's almost done. Sure. And the bolognese I make is usually Marcella Hazan's, which has white wine in it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, bolognese gives off one of my least favorite cooking smells earlier in its cooking process. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you first. okay, so, you know, with bolognese, you've got like your aromatics, you add the meat, you get it, you know, so it's not pink anymore. You add the wine, you cook off the wine and then you add milk. Yeah. And then it smells. I don't even know. It's it's one of the worst cooking smells, I think. Yeah, it's it's I would say it's kind of rank. It's horrible when you add Um, the milk. But you have to you have to like like go through the funk to get to the feast kind yes, of. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I just like I made bolognese last week and June came in while I was making the bolognese and she wanted to help and I like actively steered her away from standing near the pot when I added the milk because I was like she is not going to want to eat this if she smells it for the next like 30 minutes. <laughs> sure. What what are other cooking smells that you don't like? Okay, hard boiled eggs. That's easy, easily number one. Like you know, it makes me like think of egg salad. Like when they're boiling. Like yeah, like when they're boiling, or or like I guess even more so, like when they're cold and being peeled. Yes. Like when they're boiling, they don't they don't have that much of a fragrance. Do you ever feel like but, some of them smell worse than others? Like some of them smell mm, more hard boiled eggy. I mean, I think it probably mostly just comes down to like how how long they're being cooked. Because like the once you get up to a point, like the more you cook it, the more like sulfur is being emitted. Ah, oh, I didn't realize I think. that. So I I don't think I don't think it probably varies much from egg to egg, but except in terms of like a smaller egg or like an egg with more yolk is going to cook faster. Okay. Okay. You know what more yolk, I more white? I don't know. You know what I really struggle with. So, and I think this is another one of those things that I pref- that is okay with me if somebody else is doing the cooking. But okay, mm-hmm. so I do not like the smell of chicken fat. Like the instant that we're done eating the meal, I don't want to sure. smell chicken fat anymore. And I think part of it is that there's something extra like sticky about that chicken fat smell. Like the last time I roasted a chicken in my house, which was easily, I think, a couple years ago, 
because I have stopped roasting mm-hmm. chickens in this house for this reason. The entire house had that like kind of like oily chicken fat smell for oh, it lingers days. Yeah. Days. And it, it makes me just like kind of imagine like a film of chicken fat aerosols all over everything, which then kind of like repulses me on a whole other level. Sort of like a schmaltz sauna. It is. So what is the deal with chicken fat? Like, does it like aerosolize more readily than other meats? Like it is so I have intense. no idea. I'm not even going to speculate because I don't know, but I agree with your experience. So, yeah, I have stopped cooking chicken like in um, like dry preparations, like a roasted chicken or roasted chicken thighs. Like I've cooked it in the Instant Pot a whole bunch. That's nice Mm -hmm. because it's like wet and it traps the smells differently. But I yeah, there's, there's a big like, you know, uh, starburst like on the front of the box of my Instant Pot that says traps the smells. <laughs> Literally, the smells will never come out of the lid. Sorry, no, I haven't opened mine. I've cooked a bunch of things in it, but I haven't <laughs> opened the lid yet. Anyway, uh <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so Matthew, I, I literally have not done anything like sauteing or roasting chicken in my house in a couple of years because I can't handle the lingering smell. Yeah, I do that all the time and I just deal with it. But when I come into your house, which I haven't in a little while, I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we, we're recording this from our closets again. When I come into your house, I never smell like lingering cooking smells. That's because we, we have uh, 17 Glade plugins going at any one time. You do? No. I was going to say, you do not. <laughs> like your house usually just smells like neutral. I think I think we just have like like more airflow than your house somehow because like this this thing you've described where like smells like like pass through the house and linger for days just never happens to that extent in our house and I and I like I, I will cook mackerel pretty often. Holy shit! If I pardon my language, if I cooked mackerel, in this... <laughs> what, is this is this like a family show now? <laughs> if I cooked mackerel in the house, I would have to get a new house. Yeah. I, I thought of you the other day because remember how in a very old episode, long ago now, you said that if anyone ever spe- spills milk in a car, they have to get a new you have car. To get a new car, right? Well, so I managed to have the same car for over six years now, and it had never had milk spilled in it, despite the fact that my spouse insists upon like eating cereal in the car all the time. <gasps> I know. Uh, oh my God. I know. Uh, uh, anyway, inevitably, <laughs> whether they're driving their yeah. own car or whether we're going somewhere in my car they're eating a bowl of cereal (laughs) they're eating a bowl of cereal while driving the car sometimes yes i know (laughs) wow i know anyway (laughs) so but so far my spouse has only spilled the cereal in their own car okay but anyway the so my car had managed to go like six years without having any milk spilled in it and then my child the other day was drinking a vanilla steamer in the back seat Mm -hmm. and the dog was back there too and wagged her tail and knocked into June's steamer and milk spilled in the backseat of my car. Do you think I should get a new car? Well, I think it's it's like a problem that sort of builds over time. Because like at first you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. And then like it ferments more and, oh, and no. uh, you know, it, it builds and builds. I just paid so off know. the car, Matthew. Great. Perfect time for a new one. Oh, God. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. but like seriously, though, like when you get in the car, like now, can you smell it? Well, part of it, it's nice that it's really quite cold outside right now. So I think I probably sure. won't be able to yeah. answer that for a while. Maybe, other- yeah, maybe like when summer comes around, like your car is going to turn into like like a funk sauna. 
sounds like a great album. You, should, you know what you should do? You should get your car detailed. I don't know what that means, but it probably fixes everything. I'm sure it'll fix everything. Yep. Okay. Um, Matthew, are there any cooking smells that you can think of that are both good and bad? Yeah, I, I uh, have one that I just couldn't decide which category to put it in, and it is the smell of tonkotsu ramen broth cooking. So it's like a very funky pork fatty, like pork bony smell that like in and of itself is really not a good smell. And even like people who are big fans of that style of ramen will will generally agree with that. But like it portends something so delicious and you right. can't really I can't really like separate the the aroma itself from the good, the auspicious portent. You know, wow. So many words. You know what I'm thinking? <laughs> so I don't I don't have a grill. We wanted to get a grill a few years ago. And so we went out and bought like a like a Weber kettle because it's so I cheap. I think I remember and, when this happened. And so good. But then we discovered that we uh, we will never We've used it once. We will mm-hmm. never yep. cook with charcoal. That sounds about right. So we put it up on Buy Nothing, and, and some lady came and picked it up from our driveway sure. last summer. Anyway, so now we have no grill. But, I, I, you know... No like grills some, allowed. You have a sign up. Someday, if we get a grill, I definitely... I can imagine it being really useful to have a grill with an outdoor, with like a burner next to it, right? Yeah. Because imagine the things I could cook out there that I would never cook inside. That's a really good point. I never even thought of that. Oh, my God. Matthew, when this happens for me, you come over. We make some tonkatsu ramen broth. Okay, uh, I'm which takes a long time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pan cook some chicken thighs, mm-hmm. get nice crispy skin. So many things Could I'm going to do. Could you get something that's not a grill, but like you open the lid and it's just a stove with a bunch of burners? I could put a, a, just like an induction put, burner. Pots. I could put an yeah. induction burner like on the ground outside my back door. There we go. That's there. true. Yeah. There, that would be yeah, that'd be easier do. than getting a grill. Uh, Brandon has often suggested to me getting like a little single induction burner, which they mm-hmm. y- they have a couple of at Delancey because Delancey doesn't have a stove. But yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I don't know. I just never feel like, like spending money on stuff like that. There's always yeah, other I know what you mean. Other things to spend. But, and money also, on. like you'd have to like be outside, like while everyone else is inside. I guess this would be like a summer thing. Yeah, but also, like, if you have, like, I mean, Matthew, you and I both have, like, a little, like, you know, deck or balcony type thing. Mm -hmm. You just, like, park it right outside there and you can just watch it. That's true. I could park a burner on my, uh, probably our lease says we're not supposed to do that, but whatever. (laughs) Okay. Well, Matthew, this episode, despite the fact that we didn't remember really what prompted this, this has turned out to be kind of um, a delightful romp through the whiffs. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love to I love to tiptoe through the whiffs on a spring day. Mm, I always bring my ukulele. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. That's we we often like like passed by each other like each each like holding up a ukulele yes. kind of at an angle and strumming it as we tiptoe through the through the whiffs. Yep. I usually pretend I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, it always hurts my feelings. Okay, well you know it's my week to do now, but wow. And I'm pretty pleased about this. So um, it's been a while since I have mentioned a library book that I have been on hold for for a while. Um, Oh, the library puts you on hold now? No. (laughs) Anyway, so I've got a book here that I want to talk about today. It's called The Secret Lives of Church Ladies. Have you read this? 
I have not. Okay, it's, it's a, got it's got it won some sort of medal though. So it was a National Book Award finalist. There we go. It is so the book is The Secret Lives of Church Ladies by Disha Filia, and it came out in 2020. It's a collection of short stories, and I'm generally not a short story person, but I had heard really good things about this from another writer I admire, Jamie Attenberg. Anyway, so I requested it from the library, and I got to tell you, like. The morning after I picked it up, I opened it at the at like while I was eating breakfast, and by the time I knew it, I was done with the first story. Like, nice, so readable, so smart. The, the first story, at least, is quite sexy. While also, uh, anyway, the the general premise is that these stories, there are nine of them, they feature like four generations of characters who are all grappling with what they want to be in the world, and they're kind mm-hmm. of caught between the double standards of the church and their own needs and passions. So uh, there's there's a lot of sex in here. Sounds good. Anyway, it's it's just it's fantastic. It was so it was even better than I hoped it would be when I put it on hold at the library. I'm going to put a hold on it now. Either that or the library is going to put a hold on me. Ooh, it's really smart. It's terrific. It's The Secret Lives of Church Ladies by Disha Filia. Okay, hold yeah. placed as of now. Awesome. Okay, great. Our producer is Abby Circatella. Excellent. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, vote in our survey about whether or not you have a working exhaust fan. So I love if someone the idea has an exhaust fan that like technically that technically works but doesn't really do much like mine, that should be a no, right? Uh, I think or maybe we should, we should have three options. I think we need to have three questions. Like, do you have an exhaust fan? Mm-hmm. Does it does it remove smells? <laughs> I think this could be like one question with three options. Like, yes, I have one and it works. Yes, I have one and it doesn't work. No, I don't have one. Okay. What are we going to do with this information? Are we going to like profile our listeners for for the purpose of targeting them with ads for exhaust fans? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Great. So if you want to get profiled and targeted, fill out our survey. The link is going to be in the in the show notes. Excellent. Well, if you if you I don't know, want to talk about cooking smells, you can go to our Reddit, which is reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Yeah, probably a lot of people are going to be over there talking about this uh, this survey and like uh, speculating about what, what the results are going to be. <laughs> I, I can't wait to decide what kind of like visual we're going to use to display the results. Like oh, pie yeah. chart, graph, like bar graph. What are we oh, going to do? Oh, I thought you meant like a, like a stock photo. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's gonna be like the background of our of our PowerPoint. Oh, but okay. uh, but no, no, the the like type of chart is so important. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, um, we're gonna do some serious like data visualization, some data mining. Well, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that's. It's like a sauna for your ears. Like if you have like the over ear headphones, like there's 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 all sorts of like auditory aromas collecting and and uh, aerosols. Like also, yeah, that's, that's right. Aerosols. That's the thing everyone wants to be thinking about these days. I've got them in my headphones. Me too. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I'm Molly Weisenberg. Let's let's see if we can recapture the magic. Oh, Molly okay. said. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm freshly showered. I can smell it from here. Ooh, this wow, is, we're good at acting. This is really fitting because it's our cooking smells episode. Should we do the intro? Yay! <laughs> you, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do what? This is our best. The episode. intro. I'm no, Matthew. The intro. Oh, and I'm Molly. No, we have to do it again. <laughs> 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.